Amen. Well, welcome. I'm glad that you chose to be here with us this morning. Turn to someone near you and just say, I'm glad that you are here this morning and that you chose to be here. While you're at it, if you're near someone who is in uh, red or pink, tell them happy Valentine's Day as well. There's a few of you in like red sweaters, you kind of got the memo, that uh, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And you can walk into, you can walk into Meijer and Walmart and you can see already, even last week, already the stores are stocked. The flowers are out, like, in bushels, there are any kind of candy you can think of repackaged in red and pink and double the price. Um, you might feel a little more inclined to decorate your home with hearts and cupids and flowers because love is in the air. Some of you are like, oh great, don't remind me. Now, this is your reminder for some of those who are kindred spirits with me who are uh, prone to procrastination. It's on Wednesday. So, just so you know, if you still need to run out to the store. However, I am proud to say this year I am ahead of the game. I already went to Meyer. I looked through all of the cards, and I found the perfect card for Amos. He doesn't know that, so whoops, there's a surprise. However, he'll have to wait until Wednesday to see it. But in the process of looking through all the cards and picking one for Amos, I couldn't resist it. I bought more than one. I bought three other extra ones because they're just fun. I mean, you got to listen to these. This one, on Valentine's Day, just want you to know you guac my world. It's avocados, like one avocado split in half. I don't know where the pit went, but it's cute, right? Or um, this one is super cute. You're totally my jam, right? If you can't see, it's a little peanut butter and jam, jelly. Some things exist just for the thrill of discovering how good they are together. Meeting you was one of the best things to ever happen to me. Happy Valentine's Day. This one, I, I had to say for last, you guys will know why. It's coffee cups. And this, this one, I'm assuming this is a little guy, he's got a little green cap. It says, strong, bold, hot. And then this little frou-frou one, this is the kind I would get, it says, um, sweet, complex, extra hot. <laughs> Don't go elbowing your wife over here, okay? Together, we're the perfect blend. Happy Valentine's Day, love you. Right, these are so cute. And, and I just, I, I thought they were cute enough to, to share. And I, Amos's is much better. You'll have to ask him what it is. He's gonna wait till Wednesday. But I brought these cards along for a couple reasons. All right, now, first of all, how many of you would be willing to admit that you are uh, fellow procrastinators with me? Okay, good for you. Hey, two hands, you know what? <laughs> I'm a procrastinator, I know how it is. I know you still have a few days, but 
if you're someone who's like, hey, I haven't actually bought a card yet for my significant other, you know what? I have three. So seriously, right now, if you want one of these cards, come and get it because then I'm saving you a trip to the store. Like, I'm serious. If you want to come and get it right now, you can have one of these. I'll, I'll, I'll let you choose. I see one lucky procrastinator, two. You get your pick. All right, there's one, two. It, any, they're all great. Yep, that's a good one. Uh-huh. Good, avocados. One more, any takers? All right, all right, right here. There you go, Chris. Hey, hand-picked with love. And you know what? In those envelopes, there's also an extra special gift card. So you look like you're really ahead of the game this time. So don't use it for yourself. It is for your significant other. Um, so happy Valentine's Day. All the rest of you, so sorry, so sad. Go get your card, don't forget. Wednesday, it's coming. Now, the real reason, though, I brought those, other than just blessing you with a card and a gift, is because I love the, the little message that goes along with those, kind of the underlying message of each of them, because I think it's actually spot on. The underlying message of each of those sweet little cards is that you were made for me, right? You were made for me, the, the PB to my J, the other half of my avocado, the perfect blend, like we were made to go together. You were made for me and I was made for you. We were made to be together. Now, culture may have built an entire empire around all that is Valentine's Day, around the cheesy cards and the chocolates and the flowers and the giant teddy bears and all that, but the idea that you were made for me is actually biblical. In fact, it's foundational to everything that the Bible says. Now, before some of you walk out thinking, oh, I can't believe that pastor telling me that Valentine's Day is biblical, trying to shove it down my throat, just hear me out. I'll explain. The Bible certainly talks about love and, and romantic relationships, probably even more than that. It talks about just relationships in general, just with other human beings, part of life. And one of the things that the Bible makes very clear is that you were made for me, and I was made for you. In fact, we were all made for each other. Because at the core of who we are as human beings is this desire for relationships. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. I don't need nobody. I'm a strong, independent woman or man. I'm a lone wolf. I'm an introvert, and when we were locked down during COVID, that's the way the world was meant to be. I operate better when I'm alone, even as a kid, does not play well with others. I know some of you are thinking that. Again, don't elbow your spouse if you're married to one of those. The problem is that's not actually true, at least not according to the Bible. See, God actually designed us for relationships to need relationships, to need others. And again, I'm not talking about romantically, though God did create that as well, but just in general. From the very start of history, back in the book of Genesis, God made one person, one man, Adam, 
And he made a companion for every other creature, a a hippo for the hippo, a bear for the bear, a whale for the whale, a snail for the snail. I sound like I'm kind of a bad children's book again. Um, But he made a companion for every other creature, and not Adam. And then he looked and he said, hmm, it's not good for him to be alone. He wasn't just saying, like, oh, Adam needs a woman. He wasn't like, got to go find yourself a wife and put a ring on it. Like, he was saying just on a general level, it's not good for him to be alone. This human I created needs another human. Because I made him that way. I made him in my image, and even I'm relational. I mean, God's got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is in perfect, continual relationship. And because we were made in God's image, we need relationship. We're relational beings. Humans were made for other humans. And this isn't just a biblical revelation. Some of you guys maybe have read articles about this. Obviously, I I hold whatever the Bible says in highest regard, but science and psychology and, and even people who don't follow God would agree on this. People need other people. I mean, that's part of why being locked down during COVID was was so detrimental to us. It was such a crisis, not just because people were getting sick in mass, certainly that, but because people couldn't get out to comfort people who had lost someone. They couldn't hug someone for the last time. They couldn't lean in on their support network after a really hard day with the kids, and they were stuck with them. And we leaned into things like Zoom and FaceTime and, and all that stuff, even our, our close-knit family, like the people in our home. But we all know that it just it wasn't the same. This change in our world really made a, a cavernous collapse in our ability to connect. And it, it compiled the growing anxiety and depression and loneliness that had already kind of been building up over the past several years. People need other people. That's how we were made. Part of what makes us human. We were made for relationship with others. But not only that, when God created us, he planted deep within us a longing for a relationship with him, to know him, to be known by him. We were made for relationship with God. Did you know that the God of the universe wants to talk to you? Just let that sink in. The God of the universe who created all things, wants to have a conversation with you. The book of Psalms, chapter 27, it says, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. God is is calling out to us, come talk with me, come get to know me. See, the God of the Bible actually wants you, which is different than other religions. 
he doesn't just want our worship, our attention, and he's not just like a detached overlord watching us from afar and never getting too close. God actually wants to be in relationship with you. Not because he needs you, not because he has to, but because he loves us. He's enthralled with you. He adores you. And he wants you to experience what it's like to love and adore him too. See, some people view this book, the Bible, as a rule book. It's just full of thou shalt not do this, thou shalt do that. Christians just don't know how to have fun. They're just a bunch of rule sticklers and and. I just, I don't think I'm interested in that. But the story of the Bible actually unfolds a lot more like a love letter. See, at the very beginning in Genesis, God created human beings, again, not because he needed them. He made them, made us in his image, like him, with the ability to know him and talk with him. And then even when mankind walked away from God, God continued to pursue us. In the book of Exodus, when he heard his people crying out because their disobedience had led them into captivity and he saw them hurting, he couldn't help himself from stepping in to save them. He said, hey, I I actually even want to live among you. I want to be near to you because I love you. And so he told his people how to build an appropriate house for him so that he could dwell with them, so he could be near with them and they could be near to him and be in relationship with him. And when the people thought they knew what was best in the book of Judges and time after time they walked away from God and he kept giving them chance after chance, he kept saying, here, let me point you back towards me. Like a loving father patiently redirecting a stubborn child, over and over and over. Even when God's people said, no thanks, we're done with you, and they ran after other gods. They, they loved other gods. They cheated on God with idols. Every time, God kept welcoming them back, inviting them back, even knowing it wouldn't be the last time they'd walk away from him. And you say, why would God do that? Why would anyone do that? Because he loves us. And the whole first half of the Bible is this back and forth of God calling his people back to himself, wooing his people again and again, and the people walking away, only to run back and realize we need God. We can't get away from God because he made us, and he made us for himself to know him and to be in relationship with him. And and even though we can't get any closer to him because of our sin, we're, we're drawn to him, to his love and his, his mercy and his compassion and his grace and his kindness. And we just keep coming back for more. And it all leads up to an event recorded in the second half of the Bible, what we call the New Testament, where God finally made a way for people to come near to him without any barriers. He actually bridged the divide between man and God. It's a verse you've probably heard a few times, might even be on some of your Valentine's Day cards. For God so loved the world. 
he loves us and made us with the capacity, the ability to love him too. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He sent him to earth to be one of us, to know us, to live as one of us, even to die as one of us. So that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 Because after Jesus lived as a human and died as a human, he was raised back to life and now offers us that life so that we can be with him. Because that's what he had planned all along was, was for us to be with him. And all through the Bible, it's like God saying, I love you. I want you to know me. I want you to love me too. You were made for me. And he couldn't contain that in a single greeting card, so he gave us a whole Bible. He gave us pages and pages of of his love, of how he made us and loves us and woos us and pursues us. Even the church was created as a sign of God's love for us because God knew we needed something in place to push us along and help us form relationships with others. Some of us need a bigger push than others. But he knew that we needed a community that would push us to connect and reconnect with him. And so he designed the church. A group of imperfect people. A group of imperfect people made to operate in relationship with each other. You know how right now you can walk into the grocery stores and Everything you need for Valentine's Day is like in one spot, right? You, you walk in and you're just kind of like overloaded with everything all right there in your face. You've got the cards, flowers, candy, balloons, bears. Everything is right there in one spot. And unless you are baking cookies and you need to get a gallon of milk, in which case you have to walk to the very back of the store. Otherwise, you've got everything you need within reach right in one spot. God created the church so we'd have everything we need when it comes to relationships. A community where we could connect with others. A regular rhythm to help us love him, meet with him, connect with him. He knows what we need because he made us. And he made us for relationship. In the second half of the Bible, the church is actually described, I love this picture, as the bride of Christ. And at the end of this whole love letter in the book of Revelation, we read about a day that Jesus will return for his bride, who spent time preparing herself, dressing herself, so that she'll be ready when her beloved comes. And that bride is the church. The people who have a relationship with Jesus, who have been pursuing him in life, who love him and have been helping others fall in love with him too. See, every decision from start to finish of this story, every decision God made was rooted in relationship, in love. It's how he designed us, how he designed the church, the world. 
That's the most important thing we can do in life because it's what we were made to do. The Apostle Paul said, we'd be nothing if we didn't have love. If not for loving others. He said, love should be our highest goal. And Jesus tried to explain this while he was here on earth. He had people coming up asking him questions all the time. Which, I mean, if he walked in here like Jiggy, we would surround him and ask him questions too. So it's understandable. People were always coming up and asking him, you know, his knowledge on different things. And in one particular occasion, the religious teacher said, hey, what is the most important law out of everything? Because here's the thing. They were rule followers. They knew the rules. They enforced the rules. Right now we are trying to work with Phoebe on uh, learning that feet do not belong on the table. And she knows this rule. So when she sees the cat jump on the table, she goes, And and we say, oh, no, no, kitty. And she goes, no, no. Or sometimes she'll put her doll on the table and she'll stand it up and she'll go. And we'll say, "Uh uh-oh, no, no, baby. And then she says, no, no. Because she knows the rule and she is quite the little rule enforcer. These people knew the rules and they were the rule enforcers. But they were trying to trip Jesus up. So they said, all right, Jesus, out of all the rules... Which is the most important? What is the most important thing to do in life? Like maybe honor God, right? I mean, that seems like a good rule, most important. Don't steal or lie. Because really, if you boil down a lot of things in life, that, that might be kind of at the root of it, the issue of theft or, or trust. Which is the most important? You know what Jesus said? Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love. That was the most important commandment that everything else is based on. Love for God and love for others. Why? Because God is a relational God. Out of all the things that Jesus could have said were the most important commandment, he chose love, a distinctly, undeniably relational word. And every rule that God put in place was for the benefit of our relationship with him and our relationship with others. See, if all we did in life was just focus on making our relationship with God top-notch, and focus on making our relationship with others a, a real close second, everything else would make more sense. Wouldn't be perfect, because we all know that people are messy, and that does not end at the toddler stage. 
But being in right relationship with God first and those around, with us, around us second will set the foundation for a life of incredible joy and fulfillment and satisfaction. So I, I wonder if maybe, maybe the Beatles weren't so far off. You know where I'm going with this. All you need is... Doo, 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 doo. All you need is love. All you need is love, love. Love is... You guys are so great, man. Although I think the picture the Bible paints of love is maybe a little different than what they had in mind. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. See, that's the kind of love that God offers in a relationship, which may not be the kind of love that you've experienced. Some of us might even avoid relationships because people have soured our understanding of love, but God's love is perfect. And the more we love him, the more we're able to reciprocate that kind of love into relationships with others. Love and, and relationships won't always be pretty. And again, I can promise you it won't be easy. We're actually going to talk about that next week. But choosing to be in relationship with others is worth it because it's how we were made. And we will always, always feel like something is missing if we try to do life alone. Valentine's Day kind of has a way sometimes of accentuating what you don't have, doesn't it? Like I, I remember even being a middle schooler and sitting there with a, a little sour heart, a little sour attitude because that girl over there just got a giant teddy bear from the guy that she just started dating on Monday. Um, probably wasn't going to last, but I remember sitting there thinking, man, I want a giant teddy bear. I want a balloon tied to my locker and a box of chocolates that doesn't taste very good. Or at least someone who, who likes me like that, who loves me like that. Of course, now I know I'm older and wiser that that's not what true love is about. But there are times in life where we stop and we realize, I feel like I'm missing something. I'm missing my other half. I, I'm following all the rules in life, doing what I'm supposed to do. But I feel this loneliness, this emptiness. Can I tell you, you're not going to fill that void with a valentine, with a certain someone, a significant other, not even with a child or a friend. And you're not crazy for feeling that way either. Because you were made with that void with that longing, and the only one who can fill it is Jesus Christ. He wants to know you and to be known by you. The Bible says God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins.
God wants to have a relationship with you. He's not going to force you because that's not love. He's just waiting for you to choose to be in a relationship with him. Maybe, maybe you've already chosen to have a relationship with Jesus, but you've distanced yourself from his people. You've tried like the whole lone wolf Christian approach, like I can be a Christian on my own. And then you're sitting there wondering why this whole Christianity thing doesn't feel like it, it's worth doing. It's not all as great as it was cut out to be. Why you feel disconnected, your faith is a little lackluster, that's because you're not doing it the way God intended. It's like trying to put, in, to put together a mail-in piece of furniture and choosing to not use all the parts and wondering why it's not working out. John 4, 1 John 4.11 says, Since God loved us so much, surely we ought to love one another. And you're missing out on so much that God wants for your life. I'm not saying that you introverts need to start being extroverts and surround yourself with people all the time. I'm not saying that, but you should have a community of people who love you and who know you and who you love and are living life alongside of. That's why we talk about small groups all the time, because you need that relational community. That's why we talk about membership at our church, so that you can commit to a community of believers and say, hey, I'm here. This is my community. On your way in this morning, you should have gotten a little paper heart like this. If you didn't, go ahead and just raise your hand, and we have some people who are going to pass those out to you and, and bring them to you. Um, I want to make sure everyone's got a little heart here. You should have known when you saw that I was preaching that I was going to give something to you to take home, because I like to give gifts. So happy Valentine's Day. But make sure you've got one of these little hearts. And if you have one, go ahead and just pull it out, hold it in your hands, and raise your hand up real high, and we'll bring one to you if you don't have one yet. Any of you ever had a, uh, a, a DTR talk with someone? Maybe right before Valentine's Day, and you're trying to feel out, do I need to buy this person a gift or not? Because Valentine's Day come, is coming up. Some of you um, are like DTR talk. I have no clue. Is this some sort of like Gen Z code or something? I don't know. Maybe it is. DTR stands for define the relationship. It's where you sit down with someone, face-to-face hopefully, and you talk. And you say, okay, we've gone on a couple dates. We've been talking for a little bit. And now it's time to define the relationship. Are we a thing? Are we like boyfriend, girlfriend or not? Because I need to know if I need to go buy you some flowers or not. So define the relationship, DTR. This morning, I want to invite you to have a little DTR talk with God. How is your relationship with God? And how is your relationship with others? And what I want you to do this morning is to sit and listen to God for a little bit. This might not be something that you feel totally comfortable doing, and that's okay. Exercise is good for us stretch our muscles. And I want you to sit and listen to God for a little bit and just ask him, how are those two relationships? We'll have some music playing in the background. And as you do that, I want you to pull out a pen. There's some in the back of the pews if you don't have your own. And just write on one side, love God. And then flip it over. You can guess where I'm going. Love others. And what I want you to do is just kind of sit there and, and have a little bit of a DTR talk with God. Take this heart home 
put it up somewhere as a reminder where you can see it. And, and as you're sitting there listening, I want you to just kind of see what, what God brings to mind. Maybe he says, hey, your relationship with me kind of stinks. Or maybe it's non-existent. And if that's kind of what you're sensing, then when you take this home or stick it in your journal or put it up on your mirror or whatever, just flip the side that says love God up so that you can see it. So that you can be reminded that you were made for relationship with God. And if as you're sitting here, you kind of sense God saying, man, you really need to work on loving others. You need to let people close enough to love you. Just flip it over to the other side that says love others and, and just put that up so you can see it and ask him to show you how to love others around you. Love God, love others. And so I want you to just take a minute here to listen to what God is saying to you, to talk with God, have a DTR. And then after a little bit here, after the band leads us for a little bit, then I'm gonna come back up and I wanna just pray over you and for you. All right? So go ahead and let's just listen, spend some time talking to the Lord. How's your relationship with God and your relationship with others? I wanna pray over you. So would you pray with me? And I'm gonna give you a little bit of instruction here, but let's go ahead and bow our heads before the Lord. How many of you would be willing to say, man, I just need to work on loving others? If you would be willing just to raise a hand, just so that I can pray over you. God, I just pray that you would strengthen each of these individuals who have raised their hand to love recklessly, to love others like you. God, would you fill them with a compassion for those that are around them? Help them to not shut people out, but to lean in to the communities that you have placed around them. Help them to love others the way you love us. How many of you would be willing to say, man, I need to work on loving God? Maybe just taking my relationship with him more seriously, maybe even starting a relationship with him. Any of those categories, would you just raise your hand again, just so I can pray over you. God, you see these hands, you see the hearts of each of these individuals. God, would you embolden them to love you more? Would you help them to lean into relationship with you because they were made for you? Help them to love you with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind and strength. God, would you woo their hearts once again to love you? And Father, if there are any here who don't know you, I just wanna invite them to do that today. And so if that's you, would you just pray this along with me? You don't have to say it out loud, you can if you want to. But if you don't know God and you want to say, Lord, I don't know you and I want to. I've tried to live life without you. I've ran away from you. But today I wanna to start following you. I, I know I've messed up. I don't deserve your love. But because you still love me, I wanna know you and I wanna love you. So today, I'm choosing to do that. Father, thank you for loving us. 
thank you for making us to know and love you. We ask that you would help us do that better. All this we ask in your name. Amen. Pastor Chris, would you come?